Welcome back to another episode of Pirate Talk Radio. My name is Davram, and I'm all alone this week. Uh, last week we took the uh, week off due to the July 4th holiday. Everyone was out cooking out and having a good time, and I had some steak, and it was great! Uh, but uh, we're back to it, and uh, this week I want to talk about the state of the game. Now, we've talked about lore, we've talked about updates, and we'll continue to do that. But every so often, I want to take time and just talk about the state of the game. Now, the game has been out for over two years now on the Xbox platform, on um, the Microsoft uh, store and things like that. Game Pass has, has it. Um, but it's most recently, its biggest, I guess, addition of potential new users was when it hit Steam. Um, in June, I believe was when it hit steam, maybe, maybe March. I can't remember. I think it was maybe, uh, mid March that it, hit, uh, steam. And since then it has actually been driving quite a few really, really good numbers. Um, now I want to talk about that and, and kind of look at some of those numbers and, and where they're trending and how things are going. Um, but I also want to talk about some of the comments on maybe why, when it hit its peak uh, in June, uh, it's it kind of slown back from that. Now, we can always anticipate when something is released um, that it's going to hit a peak and then it's going to, you know, start to, to normalize. So it's going to drop and drop and drop and then eventually it'll normalize. Um, overall, in the game, I have talked to a lot of new players who have just picked up the game um, with the Steam release or have picked up the game through the Microsoft Store within the last month or two. Um, and they're having a lot of fun. Now, with that being said, there's also a lot of players that didn't exactly have the experience that they were hoping they were going to have. Um, so let's dive into this. So where has this game peaked at? Um, so in June 2020, it hit its highest peak at 66,632 active players. That was its peak. Okay. Now, to put that into perspective, the average daily player on June in June 2020 was only 29,454. So we're talking about a, a difference of about half when it comes to average players versus peak. Now, again, this was the new shiny thing out. It had never been on Steam before. They had just released a big quality of life update. And there were a lot of players, you know, maybe they don't like the Microsoft store. They're not an Xbox uh, person. So this was their first opportunity to play the game. Um, so having that big peak at 66,000, it kind of makes sense. And having an average player base of about half of that, I'm, I'm, I, I understand that. So um, where is it in the past seven days? So in the past uh, uh, seven days, uh, we are looking at about, let me see here, do, 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 24 hours. Here we go. 39,853 was our peak in the past 24 hours. So this is being recorded on uh, 7, 12. So July 12th, um, we're looking at around 40,000 people uh, being peaked, right? Um, and as of 31 minutes ago, uh, so this is almost midday um, Eastern um, Eastern Standard Time. We're looking at about 37,000 players. So the peak and the average or uh, logged on players is 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 roughly the same. So it's holding pretty strong around that 30 to 40,000 mark, which in my opinion 
it is really good. That's a huge amount of players that have been infused into this game. Now, some of those players we have to keep in mind, like myself, were playing the Xbox version. Not a huge fan of, you know, the, the game bar and all that stuff, and we still have to use it, but not a huge fan of that, and I was happy to switch to Steam when it came out. And yes, you have to repurchase the game. Um, now, I never purchased it in the first place. The game was actually on my Xbox Game Pass. That's how I played it. Um, so this is the first time I purchased the game. And to be 100% honest, the game has been so huge in my, in my gaming um, time over the past four months that I was happy to throw throw the money at, uh, at, at Rare and, and allow them to continue to, um, to push this. But we're looking over the past 30 days, we're looking at an increase of about 2.4% of players, uh, about 706 players um, in the past 30 days. So again, the game is not, it's, it's, it peaked, it started to, to pull back to average, and now it's starting to, you know, just slowly gain players. Now, I anticipate over the next couple months that we won't see that 2% growth, we'll probably see it. 1% or lower in the next couple of months, we'll still probably consider can continue, uh, to gain, um, to gain members. Obviously I know a lot of my friends have talked about, um, wanting to play the game, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but they just haven't done it yet. And one of the things that, that people talk about, um, is they would like to see it on the steam sale. And my response to them a lot is rare is a British company. Now that's not to say British companies can't do um, um, can't do uh, sales and stuff like that, but they understand uh, they understand that they have the best game um, as far as a sailing simulator. Um, they have the best game um, out there. It's it's there. There's not another game out there where you're sailing the seas with a very in-depth story with a awesome um, sailing system with adjusting the sails and the wind changing and the big open world and open world PVP along with a kind of battle royale style arena mode. There's not another game out there. So they are definitely the best of the best of what they do because there's not another game out there that offers players that same experience. Um, so I don't see that they need to discount it. It's a $40 game. And you will get, I have played, let me, uh, let me just look at my Steam stats here real quick. I have played since the Steam release, so we're talking mid-March, since the Steam release, I have played 232 hours of this game. 232 hours. Now, to give you a breakdown of how myself and many people quantify spending money on video games is $1 per every hour spent. I spent $40 on this game. Of course, I've bought some in-game cosmetics and stuff like that. But the base game, which is all you need, you don't need all the little cosmetics. Those are just, you know, bells and whistles to make you look good. I spent $40 on this game and have got 232 hours of gameplay out of it. And that's just since Steam. I was playing it before Steam. That is huge. That is a massive return on your investment, right? Now, obviously, this game is not for everyone, um, right? So... In, in the comment section of Steam, you're going to see a lot of, of negativity, right? And I don't understand a lot of this negativity. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, but, 
you know, people are on the internet, they're going to say what they want to say when they want to say it, regardless of how ignorant it is or what. But if you start uh, scrolling down uh, the reviews, first off, this is a very positively reviewed game. And by that, I'm talking about on June 3rd, there were 4,360 positive feedbacks compared to 818. Um, and that has is kept strong, you know, in, in June, June 10th, 3,305 positive compared to 502 uh, negative all the way to July 8th, 1,587 positive reviews compared to 248. So again, we, it's, it's the, the positives are obviously, you know, shrinking because people are, you know, we're getting less and less players into the game because it's been out and the negative reviews are also shrinking as well. Going all the way till uh, today, or let's look at yesterday. Yesterday, there were 262 positive reviews and there were 38 negative reviews. So overall, much more positive experience than um, um, uh, negative experience. There's no reason why Rare needs to discount this game. You get plenty of game time with all the achievements and all the things to do in this game. You can do a new thing every single day and never run out of something to do. Right. You can do forts, four to the dams. You can do megs. You can do krakens. You can do PVP. You can do arena. You can do um, gold hoarders, orders, whatever it is. There are so many things you can do in this game that there's no reason they need to discount it. So for anyone out there who has a friend that's like, oh, I would get this game if it was discounted, just show them the amount of content and the amount of hours you've put into the game uh, and the amount of hours that other people have put into the game and be like, look, you get your, you get way more then you're bang for your buck. You don't have to take my word for it. Use your personal experiences to, um, you know, to share this. But let's look at the, the kind of more negative uh, connotations of reviews. So here is the, the biggest complaint that people have. I keep getting killed by other players. Other players keep stealing my stuff. I will say this time and time again. Right on the freaking store page of Sea of Thieves, it says this is a online PvP and online co-op game. What does that mean? You can play with your friends online. You can play with random people online and there is pvp online if you read through their descriptions and everything they have in here everything they talk about is about an open world of adventure and fighting hell the game's name is sea of thieves if you're going into this game thinking oh I'm just going to sail around on my little sailboat and I'm going to do all this PvP, PvE stuff and have a good time and no one's ever going to mess with me. Well, then look for Sea of Freaking PvE. This is called Sea of Thieves. People are going to try to steal your loot. In fact, that is a main thing that a lot of people enjoy doing. They don't want to go through and dig up chests. They don't want to go through and, and do these long voyages where you have to deliver all this, like, plant and, and rum bottles and all this stuff. They want to steal it from others. 
that's the beauty of this game. You can play it in so many different ways. And if you are out there, and if, if, if someone is out there complaining about that, they need to be silenced immediately. They purchased a game called Sea of Thieves, and if they're upset about their shit getting stolen, well, guess what? It's in the freaking title of the game. Get with the program. Like, seriously. Get with the program. Go play Minecraft if you don't want, you know, someone to steal your shit. Oh, wait. Someone can steal your shit in Minecraft unless it's in your ender chest. So anyways, a very positively reviewed game on Steam. It's obviously showing growth still to this day. We're talking we're talking 2 months after release on Steam and we're still seeing almost a net 1000 new players um every uh, on on average a month. So that is huge props to Rare on on getting this on Steam and and awesome job um, out there just making an, a, an unbelievable game that people are still continuing to play and that it's still continuing to grow uh, two years later. The other thing about this game that's huge um, and, and really positive, but also in the same regards, I think needs a little bit of tweaking, and that is the monthly updates. So if you haven't played Sea of Thieves much and you're listening to this or you've been playing it a long time, you are aware that every single month, Sea of Thieves drops a usually pretty large free update. I don't know if I necessarily want to call it DLC style, but usually they add something new. We got a huge thing with the emissaries, um, which I don't think a lot of people know about and a lot of people aren't taking part in um, all the time. The emissaries are out there, which is really helping, helping with the leveling experience out there helping with new players getting gold quickly. Really good system, really good with risk and reward. Obviously, if you've got your flag up there, you want to get it to five, you want to sell your stuff at five, but there's always the risk of a Reaper or someone else seeing that very long flag on you and coming and fighting, and you have to defend yourself. Great system for a pirate game. Absolutely amazing working on that risk and reward system. But with that, there's not a whole lot in the game which explains how that system works. Um, sure, they talked about it. Sure, it's on the 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 review pages or the the patch notes and stuff like that, and talks about it. And if you're an insider, you get to test it. Um, but for the vast majority of people, um, they don't read the release notes. Right? They get into the game and they just want to play it. And there's not anything really that pops up that tells you how to be an emissary, how to maximize the emissary credit. You know what to do there. They're just tables all around and that's all you got. So I think Rare needs to do maybe a little bit better job of, of maybe putting something in game, uh, maybe under the different factions where you can see, you know, review how to do the, the emissary, maybe in-game video or an in-game just quick read down that if you pull up the Reaper's Bone faction and click, you know, what is an emissary? Because if you talk to the different emissary vendors, sure, they give you a, an in-game kind of way of explaining it. But they don't necessarily tell you everything you need to know as as a player. You know, that's great for the story content. That's great for your pirate in game as as kind of lore and, and RPing. But it doesn't give the player, the controller of the pirate, all the information that they, that they may need to maximize their emissary. So I think maybe something there needs to be done. Um, and, and that kind of goes true with all of their monthly updates. You know, they just kind of appear in the game. And if you don't read their patch notes, which I've been in software development and IT for a long time, 
you know, the patch notes are there for people to read, but in the same regards, no one reads them. No one reads them unless you're a nerd like me and then I read them and do YouTube videos about them. But that's beside the point. So I think a little more um, in-game guidance um, would be good. Um, and with those monthly updates, I feel like the past few have been lacking. Okay, we got the really nice quality of life update, um, you know, with hit reg and things like that. And it fixed a few things, um, which we'll talk about hit reg in a little bit. Um, but it was lacking. Like, that was a great update. But at this point, <clears throat> almost, what, two months later, I feel like some of the things that they addressed in that quality of life update are now degraded back to where they were or worse than they were uh, before the quality of life update hit. Um, and that brings me uh, to a point I want to make about hit registration. Now, we'll talk about hit registration a little bit later, but server stability and hit registration, I've noticed, have been tanking a lot this month. I've noticed my my pings going up really high, which I never experienced before. I've noticed my ship flying off into space um, and then bouncing back down. I've noticed my character rewinding. Um, and these are really bad experiences only two months into the Steam release. And then hit registration. It feels really good about the first week or half week um, when the new update hits. And then it degrades and degrades and degrades. Sometimes that hit reg feels great for you. Sometimes it feels bad for you. For example, the other day I was fighting and someone was in the water and I popped him with a sniper. And I was like, cool, switched to my pistol, shot the pistol. I saw the bullet travel about five feet to the right of the player and the player dies. I didn't get a hit marker. I could clearly see the bullet flying five feet to the right. The player was swimming left. And I got the kill. Now, for me, that feels great. For me, that feels absolutely awesome. I got the kill. I secured the sink. I stole the loot. But for another player, that would feel awful. That bullet clearly missed him, and he still died. So there's something there that needs tweaking. So. What is it that I think is going on here? I personally think uh, something during the quality of life update, because I've noticed this um, happen quite a bit um, since that update. I think there is some sort of memory leak in the code um, specifically around hit uh, registration. Now, I've talked to several of my friends who've played since alpha and things like that. And they have, they have said multiple times that there have been many memory leaks in the code of Sea of Thieves across its time. And that makes sense. It's a small development team. You know, um, the only real testing that they have out there is, is the Insider program. And, and to be honest, there's a lot of people um, in the Insider program that they just sail around for their hour, uh, not actually testing anything, um, just to get their, their gold and their, their cosmetics. Um, you know, but for some of us, we actually do spend an hour a week or more actually testing features. But there are so many features and so many things in Sea of Thieves, it's hard to test everything before the update comes out. And just like, you know, um, even though we've got the huge insider, you know, folks, you know, Rare's also doing testing on their side. But again, it's so hard to do with so much in this game. And as it's been brought up many, many, many times by Rare Development and their, and their designers, we're talking about a very unique situation here. We've got moving boats. 
moving players, moving projectiles. To bring that all together is crazy. The fact that we actually have a system that relatively works is 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 insane. Now again, we understand that it's very frustrating when when your hits don't register, don't register properly. It's very frustrating. But in general, if we're looking at what we're talking about with all the moving going on and trying to dial down where those projectiles are and make it, you know, semi-realistic um, with the gun drop-off and things like that, that's a huge undertaking. But my issue comes where I, I just mentioned with a potential memory leak. That, in my mind, in development is is inexcusable and and shouldn't shouldn't happen, right? If if we've got, and again, like I said, at the beginning of this update, like it feels every update to me, the hit registration was great. Sword was blocking well. Pistol was hitting. Blunderbuss was hitting. Sniper rifle was hitting. Everything was hitting. But as time went on, the pistol bullet seemed to not hit anymore, or it would miss and register as a hit. The being able to one blunder someone at point blank range it was knocking them off cannons. Even though my barrel of my gun was touching them in the back, they would just get knocked off the cannons and they wouldn't die. You know, and the sword block, the sword block feels atrocious now as we're moving through mid-July. feels atrocious. I've got someone standing, not jumping, not moving, just standing and pushing the W key and clicking, and I'm holding my block up in their face and they're slashing through my block. That wasn't the case at the beginning of this update. <clears throat> So I feel like there's some sort of memory leak issue, which is causing this, uh, this, this hit registration. And I really hope and, and really just pray rare looks into this because nothing feels worse. Um, not only as a veteran player, and I don't really consider myself a veteran player yet, but I've been playing and streaming this game for four months now. Um, so more veteran than some, but it that nothing feels worse than playing a PVP game where it feels unfair because the mechanics of the different weapons are not operating like the weapons should. I want to use the sword. I love the look of the swords. Heck, I just got a ferryman pack and I love the look of that sword, but you won't catch me dead out on the seas right now with that sword because sword play is just unfair. It's, it's, it's not registering properly. The blocks aren't working properly. The, the sword lunges, you can lunge through three people and they'll all stand there and, and not get bounced away or knocked off or something. And it just feels bad at this point. Now, I'm assuming here in, you know, however long it's going to be, probably in the next week or so, um, for the next update, it's probably going to feel great again. And I'm going to pull out that sword and, and have good sword play with other players and it's going to be a lot of fun. But my question is, as the days and weeks go on, will it degrade back down to a point where I switch to sniper pistol because the blunder's not doing what it's supposed to do? The sword feels awful. The pistol feels like garbage. Um, but at least in general, I've I've gotten more kills with the pistol. Now, half of those are hit reg, and I see the bullet flying, like I said, off in one direction. But the guy still dies. At least I'm getting a kill where if I'm point-blank blundering someone, they just get knocked off something, turn around and slash my face to death. You know, can't even block it. 
it, they just slash through the block. And I know a couple of my friends are like, well, the other person's probably jumping and going for your head and you don't have the block up. No, no, no. I'm talking about people not jumping, people not strafing side to side, literally holding the W key down to face you and just mouse clicking and slashing through my block. That should not happen. And like I said, it feels great the first couple days of the update. So I hope they take a look at that and I hope we, we, we hammered, we get that hammered down. Um, now, as far as story in our last update, we got the haunted shores and don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun with this. Not only is this starting to pick up the storyline from our last tall tale, the heart of fire. Um, but it's also given us a new system of fighting, which is against these ghost ships. And the cool part about fighting these ghost ships is it's really allowing you to work on your cannon shots. Uh, it's a completely naval battle with no boarding, no pistols, no guns, no anything like that. It's just projectiles out of a cannon and ship maneuverability. If you are not good at managing your ship and steering your ship and not good at cannon, this event will chew you up and spit you out and think nothing of it. Um, the new arsenal of cannonballs that the, the ghost ships use are absolutely devastating. If you do not know how to position your ship, you don't know how to maneuver your ship. And not to mention, if you thinking, oh, I'll just sail behind them and, and, you know, strafe back and forth and cannon them in the ass. That's not going to happen because they drop landmines. Now, I don't think the landmines have the same hitbox as a normal keg as I've shot them many times and it doesn't seem to work. But they're devastating to your ship if you hit them. And I've seen lots and lots of new players not know. How, they, they just go out there, anchor, and, and hope for the best, and they get destroyed. Or they go out there, raise their sails, and they get destroyed. Or they, they you know, do the typical, I'm not being able to drive very well and just go right through the stupid ghost ship and get destroyed. It's a really awesome event, and I know for some new players it's a discouraging event because it's hard, but it's trying to teach you something. You can't just go into this game, and you can't just sit here and say, oh, I'm just going to anchor here and, and wish for the best, or I'm just going to raise sails and, and pivot and wish for the best. you got to learn to sail. you got to learn to sail. And I'll say this because it comes in handy during PvP. It comes in handing during PvP. You may not be the greatest PvP person out there. I know I'm not, but I'm a damn good tactician, and I'm a damn good person on the helm. I can outmaneuver someone and outthink them on the seas. Most of the player base, I can outthink and outmaneuver and put myself into a position or put my crew into a position to win. This came into play uh, the other day really, really good because I was turning stuff into Reapers and things like that, and we had a Reaper flag up. We were, we were rocking and rolling, sinking ships, and all of a sudden this Galleon wants to play. Full crew of Galleon Tuck Lords. And I sail away from Reaper and start heading to the Sea Dog Arena, and the Galleon pursues. I start harpooning, harpoon turning around the rocks in the in the in the uh in the the sea dog arena harpooning around them quick tight turns with the harpoon adjusting sails and one of the the uh the players uh from the other ship launched over and 
as he's swimming up, I'm watching him. And they're fat bitch turning everything in this galleon. They got their sails full down. They don't know which way is right to put the sails to get the wind. They're not harpoon turning. They're ju- they just look like a giant ass slug out there trying to figure out what the hell to do to get aboard this sloop. And this guy gets on my ladder and starts climbing up my ladder. And my, my buddy and I are sitting there with our guns and we both want, we both blunderbuss him right in the face as he comes up and he dies. And all he says is, please stop running. You're a reaper. And I paused for a minute. Because I don't like when ships run either. But there's a difference between running and getting yourself into advantage to win. A sloop has two cannons, one aside. A galleon has eight cannons, four aside. They have four players, we have two players. The odds are not in the sloop's favor. But where the advantage is, is the sloop has maneuverability over a galleon. If I was running, I would put myself right directly into the wind, dead sail it, and sail away from them. They can't catch me. It's impossible. That's running. What's not running is harpoon turning and maneuvering around rocks to get yourself into a position where you can anchor ball, where you can get someone aboard, where you can put some pot shots into them, where you can catch their decks on fire, where you can bring down their mast where you can cause chaos on their ship in order to achieve victory. What I find was funny about this entire situation, we have multiple flags on our ship that we were trying to sell, is what we were uh, trying to do um, at the Reaper's hideout. And we would make a pass and drop off a flag and do some harpoon turnings, put some cannons into them, bring down a mast, and then go sell another flag. Because it was, for us, it was entertaining. We were streaming. It was more entertaining to watch this galleon fail at every single thing that involves sailing than it was just to turn and sink them. Because it was more fun to watch these guys just absolutely fail at every aspect of sailing. But then say, please stop running. So anyways, we get all our loot turned in. It was probably like 30, 45 minutes of us putting pot shots in them, bringing down mass, watching them fat bitch turn around some of these rocks that we were harpoon turning and getting away. And finally, we're like, all right, let's just go back to Reapers and see what happens. <clears throat> so I go back to Reapers with my crew, pop off with the last flag, and I go sell it. To tell you how bad these guys were sailing, who, again, accused us of running, even though... If we wanted to run, we could have just into the wind, but we didn't tell you how bad these guys are sailing. They saw me drop off into the water at Reapers. Now, this is probably my sixth or seventh time selling something at Reapers as we're as we're dueling them. I won't even call it a, a, a duel because in a duel, you have to have two people have, you know, somewhat intelligence when it comes to sailing. And I I went and turned in the flag, and I hear four cannon shots at Reapers. Four cannon shots of people flying off. And all four of them fired themselves off to Reapers. So I get up. Now, now my character's a chungus. If you've never watched me play Sea of Thieves, twitch.tv slash TV. if you want to check it out live. Thursday, 
through uh, Monday, starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Self-plug, I know. Um, but it's my show, so I can do that. Um, I play a Chungus. I play a very fat character. And I wear a bright, freaking lime green jacket with white and pink hair. Okay? You can see my ass from the freaking moon. And all four of these guys, tuck lords, fire off to Reapers. I sell the flag, and in Reapers, there's a little table by the door. I tuck on the table. That means laying down and hiding, for those of you who don't know what that is. And I wait. And I watch out the entrance of Reapers as all four of these idiots are running for Reapers. And in the background, I see their giant-ass galleon, full sails, launch itself and beach itself up on to the island. Full sails down, no anchor, no nothing, just bang. And it was just hilarious. Because not only could they not navigate the seas, they just rammed an island with no one on their ship. And my buddy who's on the sloop comes around, puts some cannon shots into him. I kill one, and then I run up into a tower and tuck again. And they're completely lost of where anyone is. They don't know. They have no idea. So they're, I, I watch them. The three left go to one of the cannons as they see my buddy still on the sloop come in to cannon their galleon, which has already rammed the damn shore. They get on the cannon. I watch them. One guy shoots a couple balls, misses them all like they had been all night. He gets off. I stand up. I snipe him. I lay back down. Next guy gets on the cannon, shoots a couple shots, misses them all. Gets off the cannon. I stand up. I snipe him. I lay back down. These guys had no idea. They had no awareness of what was going on on that island. They had clear shots throughout this entire engagement with cannons and with chain shots and missed 98% of them. They could not navigate the seas using sails and a, a good helmsman, right? So when I say this game is a PvP game, it is. But the people who win engagements are people who are smart not only skilled at PvP, but smart at sailing. We successfully sunk their galleon because no one went back to it. No one went back to it. These guys were used to boarding a ship via a th probably a 3V or 4V whatever. They were used to sneaking aboard ships and hiding until the right moment. Again, good strategies. But when it came down to actual naval combat and maneuvering around things quickly and efficiently and landing cannon shots and being aware of your surroundings, i.e. when you're getting sniped in the back from another tower on Reapers, not just going back to the cannon like an idiot, but actually finding who's sniping you. But they have the nerve to say, stop running, please. That's the problem. That's the problem. But for players out there who get discouraged about getting sunk and get their stuff stolen, I encourage you, take part in the Haunted Shores event. Do as many voyages and flame hearts as you can. Learn how to manage your ship. Learn how, how much damage can your ship take before you have to bail. Try to solo it on a sloop. 
How much damage can your ship take? Master your cannon shots. Right? You can use chain shots on the ships. Now, they don't lower their mass. They're ghosts. But practice your long-range chain shots. Practice your long-range cannonball shots. Learn how to quickly maneuver. Put yourself, you know, put yourself bow right into an island. Fight, fight, fight. And right before you hit the island, try to harpoon turn and get yourself out of it. Learn ship maneuverability. Learn sail angles. Learn adjusting sails and turning. Learn how much damage your ship can take. Mastering the ability to sail in this game will give you an advantage over the majority of the crews out there. Are there crews that are going to be better than you? Yes. Are there crews who are going to get that board, anchor you, and then dumpster you? Yes. But there's a lot of people out there who also watch a lot of the streamers that do that, and they think they can do it. One of the guys who a lot of people look up to, and he's, you know, he's a huge content creator to the, to the community, is Pace22. Every night, Pace is on on the 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 seas, launching over, boarding, anchoring, and and then the ship gets dumpstered. Pace isn't solo. He's got a great helmsman in either Carson or Rob. He's got an amazing cannoneer and Kabobbles. He's got great PvP talent in in LD or Beers. It's a whole crew. They each have their own specific part that they're really good at that puts the team in a position to win. And they all work together to do that. This game says, as I mentioned at the beginning, online co-op. Okay? This isn't online a group of solo players doing their own shit. Online co-op. Cooperative. You must work together in order to maximize the efficiency of your boat. And someone who's chasing a sloop in a galleon should know better than to just sit here and try to board when they have no mindset of how to adjust sails and turn. So what does this have to do with the state of the game? Well, this brings me to a part of the game that some players are pushed away from and some people feed on. And that is, that is, I won't say this player was toxic. He wasn't mean. He didn't use gamer words or anything like that. But he's a player, or this particular player, uh, male voice, so I'm just assuming he probably shouldn't do that. But they... They've probably watched streamers and they've seen this is how it's doing. And, and if the if the, the ship won't turn immediately and fight me, they're running. And they're bad players because of it. They're runners. They're reapers with runners. Reaping runners. Now, I've ran into a lot of reapers that run. There's a difference between running, putting your bow into the wind, and dead sailing it. And strategically maneuvering yourself to a better position to beat a larger out and an outnumbered opponent than yourself. 4v2, eight cannons versus two. The odds are not in the sloop's favor. So use what the sloop's good at, maneuverability. But that player, in my opinion, was, was a bit toxic. 
telling another player they're running when they're clearly not. Just because you're not getting your way, you're crying. Now, this wasn't a huge toxic names getting thrown and all that stuff interaction, but there are a lot of toxic players out there. And last update, Rare removed a feature that I've tweeted about already, and I'm very frustrated that it was removed. And that is the ability to report players. Now, I'm not saying this player that tempted to board and said stop running away, he doesn't warrant a report at all. He doesn't warrant a report at all. He warrants a little, uh, you know, time in, in, in captaining school and naval school. He doesn't warrant a report at all. I've been in many arena matches recently where people are using slurs. People are getting frustrated with the way you're playing because it's not the way they like to play. Well, guess what? It's an open world game. You can play it however the hell you want. And they start cursing at you. They start using slurs. They start doing a whole bunch of just nasty stuff. And prior to this last update, I was able to open up other crews and view their gamer card on Xbox and report it directly, the behavior directly to Xbox and directly to Rare. There a lot of times their accounts got banned. That's how that's there's no tolerance for that kind of stuff in this game. No tolerance. But that feature has now been removed. And this is a huge problem in my opinion. Because this allows toxicity to then go under the radar. This allows racism, sexism, homophobia, bigotry to go under the radar. Because these people now don't have the oversight of being reported if you're a player on Steam. And as we talked about, there's right now, every 24 hours, we're averaging 39,000 people, 40,000 people on Steam every day. Every hour of the day. And that's 39, 40,000 people that have to sit there and take homophobic slurs, racist slurs, sexist slurs, just every manner of disgustingness, either in text chat or verbally, because they don't have a quick way to report the situation in the moment. So you say, well, Davram, how do you report now? Well, you have to take a screenshot or you have to record. Well, not everyone's recording their moments. Okay, You're trying to play. You're trying to fight. You're trying to win. It would took just a few seconds to go escape other crews, view gamer card, report that quickly. Now I have to screenshot it, which means I have to Windows key G, click the screenshot button, or I have to record it. Windows key G, hit the back 30 seconds of recording and hope it catches it. Now for me as a streamer, it's easy. I can just clip my stream and submit a ticket. Rare needs to bring back an in-game reporting, cross-platform in-game reporting. If you are a cross-platform game, you need to have cross-platform reporting. Steam players should be able to easily and quickly report improper and horrible behavior to the staff at Rare and to Microsoft when they need to immediately in the moment 
without having to take more than about five seconds away from what they're doing. In this game, when you're in the heat of battle, either in the arena or adventure, you don't have the time it takes to pull up the game bar, click the screenshot, hope your computer is fast enough to perform those actions. You don't have the time to make sure you have a secondary computer recording your game or your primary computer recording the game and taking up hard drive space to maybe catch one of these people. It shouldn't be on the user to take time out of their gaming experience to get the evidence. This stuff is stored. Vocal chat is, it has to be in the logs. Text is definitely in the logs. It should be on the server owner to have those logs. And when it's reported in the moment, mark those logs for review. It should be in there. And the fact that now the Steam players have no in-game action to report players is absolutely ridiculous. Because I can tell you this. I can report as many players as I want in Steam. Steam doesn't give a shit. Steam is 100% a retailer or a reseller of video games. They could care less about a toxic player in a game. I don't care what their EULA says. I don't care what their terms of service says. I don't care. They give zero fucks about the player base. They want your money. That's what they want. individual games need to have a quick and efficient system to report players for inappropriate behavior in games. And Rare took that away from Steam players, and it's completely wrong, and, and, and it needs to come back. And maybe they just took it away because they're working on a better system? I don't know. But it needs to come back. And this brings me to another point, which is the, the cross-platform feature of Steam and the Xbox, the, the former Xbox system that, that Sea of Thieves was only on. The integration is clearly not solid. Is clearly not solid. In fact, when Steam launched, uh, sometime after Steam launched, a new help desk ticket popped up on their, or the new support uh, feature popped up on their support page, which is Steam integration with like bundle deals and ancient coins. I put in, I got a, a ferryman pack, which is a pack that I've been waiting for for a long time. I got that, and I put in the code, and it showed redeemed on the Microsoft Store, because that's where you have to redeem your codes. You can't redeem them in Steam. You have to redeem them on the Microsoft Store. And I didn't get my stuff. And I was pissed. And I got a response back that said, hey, here's some things you can look at. Reset your Windows Store, blah, 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 blah. A lot of user-in stuff to fix a server-side issue. I shouldn't have to reset my Windows Store. I shouldn't have to reset anything on my end. I'm putting a code in that gets me stuff. It links through your system. It should be in my inventory. And of course they say, well, wait 72 hours. Well, I waited over 80 hours and it still wasn't there. I resubmitted the ticket and in less, in less than five hours, my stuff was there. That tells me there is an issue with the integration between the Windows Store and Steam users. I also have had complaints from Steam users. Now, I haven't done this, but 
from Steam users who buy ancient coins off Steam, and it takes hours for them to show up. Where if I bought it in-game, it's instantaneous. Something needs fixed there. There is definitely a clear miss in the integration between Steam and the Microsoft servers housing Sea of Thieves. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this was rushed out. I don't know what the, the, the behind the scenes is. I'm not that smart, nor do I pretend to be. But there's some clear things that need worked out in the Steam integration with Sea of Thieves. Now, it's not groundbreaking or, or game-breaking. Obviously, the report feature is a, is, an, uh, is a really bad experience, especially with all the hate and homophobia we have in this world that we see every single day on the news and on Twitter and on Facebook and everything else. That needs addressed, especially from a company like Rare, who has been very, very hard-nosed on those things when it comes to reports. Really, really needs to get a handle on this to continue to keep the seas clean of that crap. So where do I think the game's going? Obviously, we talked about some, some good things. We talked about some, some bad things or some opportunities that Rare has, some of their larger opportunities. More content is needed on their monthly updates. Uh, more lasting content, right? Haunted Shores for me. I, I've got it done in a month. I, I, I have all the new achievements, everything done in a month. Okay. Now, I play this game a lot more than other people. But in all honesty, I don't think... Even as a streamer, even someone, I, I don't, I stream, you know, 30 hours a week, maybe. So almost a full-time job, even though it's not my full-time job. I shouldn't be able to complete that in a month. Any new content, I, I personally think, should be on a, on a three-month basis. You put the content in and make sure it lasts three months. And now I've listened to a lot of people that said the DLC or the, the monthly content that comes out... It feels too much like a grind where you have to do it over and over again. I'm perfectly fine with that. And I know a lot of people, if you like Sea of Thieves and you actually look at the accommodations, this game is a grind. If you don't want stuff to be a grind, you probably shouldn't play this game. Or you should focus on things outside of that. But I think that we that, that there should be a little expansion in, in what they release in DLC. In my opinion, instead of monthly updates, in my opinion, Put more stuff together, maybe do smaller monthly updates with like quality of life, small things, right? Small things and do quarterly updates for bigger stuff. Four times a year, something big. I personally would like that a little bit better. Gives me more time to work through things that I'm working on. And then all of a sudden I get something new. I get something new for Christmas. I get to open this new present and play. So I, I think that might be a, 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 a route that, that they might consider. Is keep with your monthly updates, but make them smaller. Focus on quality of life. Focus on bugs. Focus on hit registration. Focus on the Steam integration. Focus on your event hub and fun things there. And then every quarter, release something big. Release something big. Now, obviously, we see Flameheart is now in the sky, trash talking all he wants, and... As someone who has been testing the next Insider build, I don't know how much is going to hit the uh, hit the hit the seas um, in July, and obviously I can't talk specifics at all about anything that's on the Insider build right now. But clearly, just seeing Flameheart back in the sky 
and continuing what we saw in Heart of Fire, we're obviously leading to something, and I believe we are leading to a new Tall Tale. Or a new series of Tall Tales uh, revolving around Flameheart. We obviously had the original Tall Tales, which led us up to the Shores of Gold and fighting the Gold Hoarder. Now we're, now we're Seabound Soul. You know, we heard about this burning blade ship, Seabound Soul. We tracked him down, and in Heart of Fire, we found the ship, the ghostly ship. We found Stitcher Jim. We found all those different things. The Reaper's hideout is growing. Flameheart's now in the sky talking shit. I think we're leading to a tall tale. And in all honesty, I think we're leading to a series of tall tales. I don't believe we're going to get one tall tale to finish this Flameheart series. In my opinion, I don't. Ho- I hope we don't get a single tall tale that finishes the Flameheart storyline. I hope we get four, five, six more that continue to build this storyline, which has been crazy for us lore folks because we've got Flameheart Senior, we've got Flameheart Junior, we've got Wanda, we've got Stitcher Jim, we've got the 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 Mass Stranger, we've got the Reaper's Bones, we've got all these bits that are just speculation out there right now. And I want to see a series of tall tales which takes this story and starts to bring it together like we saw in the original tall tale ser- series leading up to the Gold Hoarder. Tell me a story And Sea of Thieves has been great at doing that. So I hope that this isn't just leading up to a series of events and then it's over. I hope it leads up to more and more events and gives us a series of tall tales. Because in my opinion, I like the tall tale system as the main storyline driver. Don't give me these events with Flameheart in the sky and ghost ships going around and all this stuff as the storytelling. That should be a additive to the overarching larger story, which I think needs to stay in Tall Tales. So I'm hoping that over the next couple months, as we get you know through the end of the year, I'm hoping we see several more Tall Tales to continue to build and answer questions and really start to frame this this uh, uh, Flameheart story. Because even through Seabound Soul, Heart of Fire, and now Flameheart in the Sky, I feel like we're not even halfway through Chapter One. Like, I have so many questions. I have so many questions about where did Flameheart come from? Who are the Reaper's bones? Do they work for him? Where did the Masked Stranger go? Like, all this stuff. Where did Stitcher Jim go? He went through that door. We haven't seen him since. Like, so many questions. I would even love, and I hate time travel um, when they when stories do time travel. And I know they've got the books that I've talked about when I talked with Balin in in um, in the last episode about the lore of Flameheart. I know they've got the books out there. I would love them to do almost like a uh, you enter the mind of someone uh, through like the Order of Souls skulls, and you you do a tall tale that's actually like in the mind, like in one of those skulls, like you're the order of souls uses their power to put you in a skull and you're, you're in the tall tale in the skull living through the life of, of flame heart or, or through one of these, uh, you know, ashen Lords that they've, that they've hinted at and that stitcher Jim, uh, wants to become. 
right? Or that, or Grey Marrow, we, we're into his head or something like that. I think it would be cool if we got some more backstory to some of these characters, because in the books, the backstory is not all there. We get bits and we get pieces from different uh, approaches, but we don't have all the answers. And I would love to see a Tall's Tale series kind of do that, where we like, we've got the Flameard skull. Let's dive into his brain or his spirit essence thing. But I really hope to see some more Tall Tales coming up. I really hope they put a lot of focus on hit registration. I know this is something a lot of people talk about. You hear streamers complain about it. YouTube people complain about it all the time. But it feels bad. It just feels bad. Both, uh, both as the attacking and defending player, it feels bad. If I'm shooting you a flintlock and I miss by five feet one direction and you die, it feels bad for you. It feels good for me. If I'm holding up a sword and blocking your slice and you're slicing through and killing me through my block, it feels bad for me, feels good for you. And overall, hit registration feels bad in general. If the blunderbuss's job is to be an anti-boarding tool or an offensive boarding tool where at point-blank range it puts 10 pellets in you and does 100 damage and kills you, and if I'm touching your back of your head, literally I can't get any closer to you, and I pull the trigger, and you don't die, that feels bad for me. Feels good for you. And this feels bad for me, feels bad for you, feels good for me, feels good for you, it just doesn't give the game a good legitimacy in PvP. I've got good friends who play this game. I've got uh, someone who's very close to me who plays this game. They refuse to play this game unless I'm playing with them because they refuse to play in what they feel is an unfair PvP world. Now, part of the unfair PvP world is their sailing skills that they're a new player and they've only played since Steam launched, etc., etc. But the other part that they talk about is they're a great sniper in games like Valorant, uh, Overwatch. They're a great sniper in games like Paladins and, and other first-person shooters, and they get into Sea of Thieves, and they shoot someone. They see the bullet travel through the person, and they get no hit registration, and the player doesn't die. Players who come from PvP games, first-person shooter games, who have hit registrations, it's the quickest way to turn them away from your game. It's also the quickest way that veterans will leave your game because they're tired of having superior skills and the game is fucking them over. This is not Dungeons and Dragons where the fate of my attack lays with a roll of a dice. And if I roll poorly, I lose. If I roar good, I, I win. This game is skill-based. If I hold up my sword, I should block. If my blunderbuss is touching you in the back, it should kill you. If my pistol misses five feet to the right, it should miss you, not kill you. So they really need to put some, some high focus into that, I think. So the state of the game, I think, right now is in a good but not great position. Rare has done a has has done an unbelievable job giving us this open world of adventure and and fighting and fun. 
They've done a great job giving us monthly updates that do a lot of things to continue the storyline and continue our adventures. But they're missing the little bits. You can paint a billboard and it looks like shit up close, but it looks glorious from far away. Sea of Thieves looks glorious from far away, but when you start getting into the the small details, which takes a game from good to great to legendary to greatest of all time, it's the small details. Sea of Thieves from the very beginning said that they would be a a minimum 10-year project. We are two years in. Just over two years in. We are still in its infancy. Of its of its minimum 10-year project. Don't even talk about Sea of Thieves 2. It's a 10-year project. But it's a good game. It's not a great game. It can be a great game. It can be a legendary game. It can be a great, great greatest pirate game of all time. Greatest PvP game of all time. Probably not. But. It can be much better than it is now if Rare focuses on the little details, not the big ones. Change your monthly updates to little details. Do quarterly updates for big details. Work hard on the little things. It's just like in life. If you're always focused on the big picture, that's great. But the little details will make your big picture turn into garbage you have to focus on the little details and that's what rare needs to put a lot of focus in my opinion in the rest of this year on is the little details cleaning up the little things and then more so when they do these monthly updates when they make changes focus on the small details you have this great big picture the big picture has already been painted you've made a great you've made a good game now focus on the small details. Refine that game. Take it from good to great. Take it from great to legendary. Take it from legendary to to in the, the conversation of greatest of all time. But unless you focus on these little details, and unless I can log off every single day and say, man, huh, I just felt bad. Or that felt good, but... Uh, I don't feel good about it because I saw what happened and I shouldn't have won or vice versa. Focus on the small details. And I think this game will take the next step. Like I said, it's in a good place. It is a game that I personally think anyone who likes PVP and story and adventure, you should play it. You should play it. It's a great game. It's well worth the $40. But if we look at the big picture of this game, I can only give it a good. I know I keep saying great, but I can only give it a good. It's very close to being great. But it's the small details that they need to fix. That's going to do it for me, guys. Thank you for listening to my stories and my rambling and my opinion on the state of the game. You can check out the Pirate Talk Radio every single Monday on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, please click that follow or subscribe button to make sure it downloads to your device and you can listen to it on your way to work 
or when you're just lounging around the house and want to listen to my beautiful, wonderful voice. You can check out my live streams of Sea of Thieves and other games at twitch.tv slash Davram. That is every Mon- or every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We usually stream four to five hours. Hopefully, eventually, someday, it'll be a full-time job for me, but right now it's not. You can check out YouTube and other game playthroughs that I do, and you can check out my Sea of Thieves videos, Tall Tale series, and patch note reviews at youtube.com slash TV. Please hit that subscribe button. I'd very much appreciate it. If you enjoy the content that you get on Pirate Talk Radio or any of the content that I do, you can choose to subscribe to me on twitch.tv slash TV with Twitch Prime, with your Amazon Prime. You can sub there normally. Or if you're not a huge fan of Twitch or that stuff, you can also check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash TV. Any and all support is very much appreciated. It allows me to upgrade my stuff. It allows me to constitute spending time to make this content um, and allows me to move closer and closer to becoming a full-time content creator. So any of that support, much appreciated. For those of you who may decide to subscribe to the Patreon later, you will be added to the credits of every single one of my YouTube videos. You will also be thanked at the end of every single Pirate Talk Radio. But guys, that's it for me. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.